Welcome to Word Birds, where you'll hear content conversations directly from the flock. Join Christopher Willis in conversation with content experts and thought leaders as they chat about how to make the most out of your words in business. Here's your host, Chris. Hello, and welcome to Word Birds, a birds of a feather conversation between people that care about words. Today, I am thrilled to be able to talk to Robert Rose. Robert Rose is the CEO and Chief Strategy Officer of the Content Advisory. He is content royalty. And we're going to talk about things like the definition of good in content creation. We're going to talk about the process, the framework under which it drives content in the business. And we're going to talk about what we think businesses need to do to take content to the level that it should be already in the business. Super exciting episode. I think you're going to like it. Let's sit back and get some insight from the flock. All right, I'm super excited. Robert Rose, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's great to be here, Chris. It's amazing that we're finally together. I know. So this is exciting. I'm a bit of a fanboy. I think this is one of the more interesting conversations that I've been ready to have following you for many years. We've done, as companies, I think we've done a lot of things together over the years, but somehow I've managed to miss you. <laughs> and so we're meeting here live on a camera. Why not? And I think before we were recording, just to give everybody a sense of what happens here before we actually kick off, we were talking a little bit about some of the things that we thought might be interesting. And, and I just want to follow that, continue on that conversation of confluence of content marketing and content strategy that I think mm. we're both seeing in the market. But I'd be super interested in hearing a little bit about what you think is happening there. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's something that I think many of us thought would happen years ago and predicted that it would happen. We thought, oh, content marketing, it's a thing. It'll eventually just become part of integrated marketing. It will no longer be this sort of separate thing. It'll just be part of what it is we do. And content strategy, which has always been sort of the dark science of business, where Back in the bowels of the cubes, there are very smart people doing very smart things that nobody quite understands what it is they do has now been brought to the forefront. And a lot of that, of course, has been accelerated by the last couple of years of just crazy, weird stuff that's been going on. But what we've really seen is that as businesses have started to mature their digital practice and really just try to understand multiple channels, multiple formats, multiple content platforms that are owned media platforms, paid media platforms, and et cetera, is that there's been this confluence of content marketing, which has classically been storytelling and editorial and content delivered for value, and the strategy of content, which of course has been, how do we make content an asset in the business, a structured, reusable, standardized, operationalized function and those teams are coming together. But the interesting thing is, is that what we're seeing is, is as that confluence, as those teams come together, there has been sort of a very weird, discomforting thing happen, which is these companies are basically building content studios or internal teams or internal agencies in many cases. And it's interesting, ANA, the Association of National Advertisers, actually has data on this to show that content is really the driving force of this new in-housing trend, but they're all failing. They're all not doing very well. And the reason they don't do very well is because they can't scale. And the reason they can't scale is because they're treated like an internal agency. They're literally treated like the internal kinkos of the business. And without any kind of strategy, without any kind of process, without any kind of leadership, this is just becoming, again, content becoming everybody's job, but nobody's 
strategy. And this is the real challenge that we see in this confluence is now it's actually risen to the point of, oh, crap, we need to do something about this. Absolutely. And I mean, when you think about the fact that because it is everybody's job, the team dynamic is different than it was 10 years ago. So everything takes longer. There's this request for content coming from somewhere inside the business. The content team gets that request. They source this out to a subject matter expert who probably doesn't work for the same management organization. So off to product management to create a piece of content. And it comes back. It's probably largely unreadable because again, these aren't writers. These are smart people that are writing content. And the back and forth between the editorial and the content creator And then finally off to the stakeholder who says, that's really cool, but what if we did something slightly different? Oh, back to the beginning. And then finally comes back to somebody like me and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Have you talked to legal yet? Oh, right. And by the time it gets from legal back to the final content organization, nobody needs it anymore. It's not even relevant. This breakdown in process starts to impact the overall ability to deliver in a timely manner. And so I'm talking to customers and guessing, I'll bet it takes you about six weeks to get a piece of premium content done. It's amazing. Sounds fair. I can't remember who said it, but there's a wonderful, famous quote, without standards, there can be no improvement. Mm -hmm. And that's really the state of content right now, because so many businesses look at content as sort of like, yeah, it just has stuff, magic things happen, right? We ask for content and content comes back to us in some way. And these teams are getting it done, right? They're hacking things together. And in pockets, there are excellence. And they've got an amazing blog, or they've got an amazing resource center, or the website's brilliant, or even the creative. But all of those experiences in total are average at best, because they're not connected. And there are no standards. So nobody knows what good is. It's like, we can't really even define what good is. And then when we get frustrated, and we say, well, How is content performing? How are we actually doing? Well, we can actually measure the denominator pretty well, right? We go, oh, we're getting clicks, we're getting visits, we're getting action, we're getting downloads. But yeah, how much did it cost? Oh, well, I don't know any of it. We don't know the numerator at all. We can't figure out how it is we're actually creating all of this stuff and the expense to which we're doing it and who's doing it and how are they doing it because we have no standards. We have no standards, no approach, no guidelines, no strategy behind this most expensive thing that almost every business does is the kind of thing where we just have no idea. And it's amazing to me. I'll ask a CFO sometimes, I'll say, tell me how much did you spend on content last year? They'll sort of look at me like my dog looks at me when I've whistled in a weird way. And then I say, right, exactly. And then they say, but isn't content everything? And I'm like, you just sort of let that hang there for a minute awkwardly. Like, (laughs) listen to what you said. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. And If it is everything, shouldn't we try and get our arms around it? Because it's the most expensive thing that we do. But yet we we still look at it like everybody's job. Let's have a conversation about efficiency. We can help you save money on the creation of your content. And the response is, cool, show me where in my budget I spend money on content. Like, what are you saving (laughs) me? I don't spend anything on it. But you do. And I'll estimate that you spend about $1,200 a page creating content over the course of writing and editing and and all these things that come together. And you can argue with me and tell me that it's half that. It doesn't matter if you're a major enterprise with a million pages of content in, for instance, your support site. I'm not a math person, but I know that that's a lot. So you have this asset that's super valuable and sitting there by itself, you're not maintaining it the way that you should. You're maybe getting to 10% of that content, 
You're not reducing risk of it. It's sitting for a really long time. You're not treating it like something that you treat your laptops better than you treat this content, which is the primary touch point between your business and your audience. But because it seems free, it's not important. There is no C-level content leadership right now. That's, That's exactly right for us. I want to talk to somebody that cares about the total experience of the business. I don't want to talk to development about tech docs. I don't want to talk about marketing content or the education people or the support people who owns the global experience. Right. Nobody. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. And in some of those content teams that we speak to, they will tongue in cheek a little bit, but not that much. They'll call themselves, you know, we are the department of words, right? And so just to your point about not knowing their content, what we find is one of the reasons that my company gets a call is because somebody, usually the CMO, the CFOs, the somebody in leadership thinks that the brand is creating too much, too much content, and that we need to actually figure it out, right? We need to figure out where we're putting our balance and how we're overweighting to one part of the journey or we're doing something that's wasteful over here, et cetera. Because there's just a gut feel that we're creating too much content. Get your content shit together. Get Acrolinks. What we usually find is that brands aren't actually creating too much content. They're actually producing far too many digital assets. In other words, they conflate this idea of content and production of digital assets. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, is that instead of thinking, how can we create content to be reused in emails, web pages, white papers, resource centers, infographics, et cetera, we immediately jump to the container, right? And that's just a classic sort of human trait is to jump right to the container to say, ah, we need more emails. We need more white papers. We need more web pages. We need more. So let's just immediately jump to opening up Photoshop or opening up MailChimp or opening up whatever tool we use to create content and start typing. And what do we need? We need words. Go to the department of words and get more words from them And then we'll fill these containers full of the content we need, which inevitably it gets to who knows how many different versions with one insurance company. This is a classic example. Tell me, as you might expect, they talk about distracted driving, driving while texting, all that sort of thing. She said, I can look in my digital asset management system right now and I can tell you I've got 45 articles on distracted driving, 45. And the answer why we have 45 articles on distracted driving isn't because we need 45 articles. We need one. But the reason is, is because some brand manager says, ah, we should do a new article on distracted driving. And instead of the process being, do we already have one of those? They say, it's just as easy to go to the agency and say, just whip me up a 500 word sort of container on distracted driving. And now we have 46 in our digital asset management system. Are they consistent? Are they good? No, none of them. I mean, one of them might be amazing, but it doesn't matter because there's 46 of them. So you just continue to add to the pile. But if it were as easy as to say no, but it's not because you have no idea. In the best case, it's no. In the worst case, it's all over the place and nobody's got their hands around this at all. And that's right. what I think a lot of folks, especially that oversee this content thing, don't understand is that it's not a one-to-one relationship between the digital asset and the decision that you expect to be made based on the digital asset. It takes numerous dozens of touches with a brand to make a decision to create an action. And to your point, when they're not aligned, simple things like clarity levels are off or you're using different language, the terminology is misaligned, the brand language is misaligned. You're not getting the benefit of that brand singularity that drives that decision. So you're putting a lot out, all kinds of stuff. 
but it's all over the place and it doesn't guide people back to where you want them. Yeah. And the thing is, is nobody does this consciously, right? Nobody goes, oh, I'm going to write a different brand statement. Or I'm going to write a different about us at the bottom of the press release, or I'm going to write this differently because it doesn't exist. They just don't know, right? Yeah. They don't know. It's just, it seems easier. It's like one of those things where it's the classic excuse of why we never hire an assistant or an accountant or somebody like that, right? We always use the rationalization, ah, oh, it would just take too long to teach them what I know and how to do. So I'm just going to do it myself. And that's what marketing tends to do and the comms and the executives. And it's like, ah, oh, it would take too long to go figure out if we've already done this. And so I'll just rewrite it. I'll just have the agency rewrite it because they're already writing the other stuff. Writing that should be simple. Here are the brand guidelines. Go. And it's like, that's not it. <laughs> that's not quite it. No, it makes it really challenging because yeah. I'm trying to drive an action and all of these things together create that action. And when it works, it's great. But when it doesn't, which is the majority of the time, it's based on all the way back to the beginning of one of the first things you said, which is the strategy, the framework, and the definition of good. Like everybody's building content individually because it's not their job. They're just people that work at a company. And somebody said, can you write me up an email? Sure. Boom. There's your email. That's right. Not connected to anything. It's just an email, but it's not. It's part of a 10-point touch process, try and engage somebody to convert them to do something I want them to do. And it is completely disconnected from that process. And that's not rare. That takes it back up to where I'm trying to get to with these organizations is who cares about this? This should be hierarchical. At the top of the hierarchy, we all spell the name of the company right. That's the first guideline that we have in a business. If you understand that kind of a guideline, what other rules do you have? And they've cascaded down because not everybody, you can't overlay it over everyone. Different parts of the organization speak to different audiences and need a different voice, need a different tone, need different words, but they have to inherit from this framework. And this framework in most businesses does not exist out of the silo. Different groups are good at it, but there's no up going up to the business. It's such an important point because this also gets to the what a modern set of those guidelines look like, right? Because forever, you're exactly right. The guidelines were, okay, here's how you spell the name of the company. Here's the Pantone colors to use for the logo. Here's the image size. Here's the aspect ratio. Here's the way the tagline reads. Here's the 90-word abstract of our UVP. You're done, basically. That's your brand guidelines. Today, the brand guidelines need to be so much more. They need to be, what's our point of view on the world? How do we speak about these particular issues? How do we talk? What are the messaging around not just products and services, but how we actually speak editorially, how we actually speak to value? How do we actually speak? And that's where this idea of thread of content marketing starts to come into this whole thing because businesses are more and more creating brand assets that aren't just logos or one sheets, brochures. They're creating brand assets that are extensions of a media strategy that include everything from the logo of a podcast to what we say around this podcast to what we say around this blog to what we say in our thought leadership. And all of those need to have guidelines and brand standards. And they're going to be custom for every single kind of company that are out there. And you've got to have a way to organize all that. I mean, going forward from here, we see the problem. How are you working with folks to fix this? Thank you for that very nice set up. It's like a big T-ball right there. Just <laughs> We have a consulting firm, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, but in all honesty, when we look and work with clients, it's almost always solving one particular 
issue, which is everything we've been talking about today, but it is the symptom of not having a planning and set of guidelines set function in the business around the idea of content. In other words, it might be that there's an internal group that's, like you said, getting thousands of on-demand requests for content and they just spew it out. It might be that there's one person having that. It might be that there's no senior leadership to understand what the standards are. But basically, there's a missing gap in the governance of content as a function. And it's almost like a missing gap. The, the analogy I often use, it's like the missing gap of accounting, right? Every business has accounting. And we all adhere to the way that the business does accounting. Now, we all agree that we're going to do math the same way, but we all need to understand what the strategy is of the way that we're going to do timesheets in a consistent way and the way that we're going to do vacation requests and the way that we're going to onboard vendors and all those kinds of things. Those are all accounting things that everybody does in the same way. And it's putting in that same layer of process and governance into content so that it actually solves a lot of these things. Brand guidelines are definitely one part of that, but there's also all kinds of things about roles, responsibilities, and governance that need to be put into place so that businesses can actually make better sense of this and understand their expenses. And that's probably the number one thing where we start is because brands realize we got to get our arms around this because it's just crazy right now. It's just crazy the way that we're spending money on this. I know that they have it in them because there's an indicator of this. There is one place in the business that I can point to that has figured this out. And it is the person in the business that owns the email signature. Major <laughs> enterprises can do this. Like everybody has the same email signature. So you understand what we're talking about. You understand the importance of it. Oh my now gosh, that's, that's such that a great example. Thing about your business, the primary touch point that you have between you and your consumer is more important than your email signature. Who owns it? Exactly. Probably not the same person. It's such a great example. Yeah, I love that very much because it's so simple, so granular, but yet everybody has one, right? Everybody has one. It's possible. It's out there. We just need to take that and escalate it and make it a little bit bigger. Excellent. This has been fantastic. I'm sure that everybody's going to take a lot out of this, but I'm sure that people are going to have questions. What's the best way to reach you should a company want to talk about taking this to the next level? Oh, well, thanks for that. I would love to connect with each and every one of your audience members. So I have two primary platforms these days out on the interwebs, as they say. Twitter is one of my favorites until Elon decides what's going to happen there. And then, of course, LinkedIn is probably the best place for me. I'm a big LinkedIn user and would love to connect with everybody there. I really want a Tesla, but I've been very concerned to see what happens with Elon. (laughs) I I don't want to end up with the old iPod. Like, oh, can't do anything with this anymore. Yeah. Excellent. Robert Rose, thank you for being on the show. I would love to have you on again in the future. Stay in touch. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us next time for more insights from people who love words. This podcast was brought to you by Acrolinks. Continue honing your enterprise content by checking out other episodes at acrolinks.com slash wordbirds. If you have questions or comments, feel free to get in touch with Chris and his team by sending a message to word.birds at acrolinks.com. That's all for now. See you next time.